0: COVID was so weird. I took a two-year break from stand-up, like almost, kind of. There were like a few open mics I was able to get to here and there. I went on stage at a club uh, for the first time in front of a real audience in two years. Very bizarre. Uh, I was all nervous. in the way I used to get nervous uh, when I first started stand-up, you know, I used to get so nervous and jittery. Um, My body, my my whole body would kind of like shake involuntarily. So I was doing a little bit of that. I couldn't stop saying it to people. Like I couldn't stop mentioning it because it was so weird to me. You know, like friends would come up to me like, yeah, I didn't see me in a minute. (laughs) And I was like, all I could say is like, man, I'm like so jittery. I'm like a little little jitterbug right now. And then I got on stage and... pretty good Uh, you know I was feeling pretty reasonable about my uh, my prospects for success and then more or less ate it you know a couple jokes I got some small pops but it was a C minus you know at at best borderline D plus and I got off stage and you know my mind was racing and you know my heart was a little thumpity thumpity and uh, you know everything around you feels like a little more intense when you get off stage after a set like that. Like you're just in a room with people, there's not really any real reason to be that amped up. Have you ever had something that you can't not do? You have to do it. If you don't do it, that won't work. That would be a significant problem. Um, Stand-up is the only thing I've ever had in my life where I've thought, if I don't do this, I will be on my deathbed full of regrets, like just guaranteed, just like that was so dumb. Why did I not do that? And I don't know if it's healthy or not, like I'm in my 30s now, it hasn't led anywhere, I love it, Uh, it's awesome, but it has gone nowhere, like uh, my favorite thing to do. Um, I don't know, I've been doing it for 8 years now, uh, 10 if you count covid. I don't really want to count covid. <laughs> I don't know. What what is the difference between making meaningful progress as an artist and being addicted to a drug? Don't we all kind of have something we have to be addicted to, right? You got to have you got to have something that moves you forward. For me, that that thing primarily is uh is getting better at stand up um, that's been, that's been one of the primary motivating things for me. And it's so weird because you don't really choose what moves you, right? You find out what moves you, you know, sometimes stuff just kind of grips you, pulls you, kind of yanks your head around, <laughs> slaps you in the face, you know, it's like, okay, I guess we're doing this now, you know, didn't know I was into that, but all right. Yep. <laughs> Cause it's not, it's not like I was any good at stand-up. I was very bad <laughs> at it when I started. Horrible, some might argue. It was very rare for me to experience any amount of success uh, talking into microphones at strangers in bars for like two years. It was like 90% bad, 10% good for about two years. You know, not not a great ratio, but I couldn't not do it. I had to keep going. I don't even really mind bombing anymore. (laughs) Like I kind of like it kind of fun sometimes, (laughs) just again, healthy? Mm. I mean, there's there's a physiological, like, painful response. You know, it doesn't feel good to have people look at you with a spotlight on you and for them to not be on board. It's a very special type of rejection to be off-putting to a crowd of people. You'll get sweaty, maybe have a little bit of internal panic, uh, you'll agonize about it, you know, ruminate on it for days, uh, a couple days at least, you know, I'm such an idiot, you know, or worse, you know, they just don't get me, they don't get me, man. <laughs> I don't know. It's a gut punch when it goes bad, it's... but I still, I still like it, you know. That's when that's when you know you found a thing that you should keep doing, right? When it feels good to do that thing badly, right? Isn't that a sign? Maybe not. You know, maybe that's just a recipe for failure in life. I don't know. You know, there's something there's something about that though, right? When you when you face plant and you're like, worth it, we're on the right track, baby. I think that's a sign, you know? Dust yourself off and try again. Dust yourself off and try again, try Have I said anything on stage that I really regret? Not really. Um, I've made some errors in judgment, usually uh, when I attempt to riff. Uh, Haven't been great at that much of the time. But I've never said anything uh, truly regrettable, which that's pretty good, you know, for being eight years into the thing, you know. I've said some stuff that uh, my family uh, might, might be very upsetting to some of them. I'm not sure they're ready to hear all of it, but I stand behind uh, the body of work, you know. It's, uh, it's a lot of garbage, but some of it's pretty good. You know, some of it tickles people's fancy in, uh, in unexpected ways. people like it when you do that you know in the right in the right context you know they're in a dark room with their friends drinking staring at you usually that means you have a little bit of permission to attempt to tickle their fancy it's such a weird balance you know like I view comedy as an art form it's not just fart jokes to me you know it is fart jokes but it's also a beautiful art form. Fart jokes just happen to fall under its umbrella. And they can also be beautiful. You know, don't knock fart jokes. But it's all—it's always such a, a high wire act, you know, and the wind is always changing speed and direction, you know. Like, you have to prepare so intensely and you're all in your head. <laughs> but then, at a moment's notice, you have to be willing to throw out the game plan, just chuck it out the window, and react in real time to whatever is happening, right? And uh, I fall off that wire constantly, you know, but it's a good wire to fall off of, you know, because you don't actually die, right? You're not actually suspended between two giant tall buildings or anything, but you have to bomb, you know, bombing is important to stand up. It's it's part of the art. Again, maybe it's just self-delusion here, but if you want to get good at anything, you have to stay in that space, right? People call it the, the zone of uh, proximal development, where you're you're working at a skill that is just beyond your capability. You're reaching for that ledge you you can't quite reach yet. You know you're playing in that space. That's how you get better. I was watching Pete Holmes show crashing, and he gets rejected by the owner of the comedy cellar in New York, and she tells him, you know, a strong bomb is better than a weak kill. I have plenty of white guys talking about nothing. Who are you? Why are you? Why now? It didn't do anything for me. That's what she tells him. Rough, you know? Like you have to eat it repeatedly. You have to risk yourself up there in order to dive down deeper into who you are and what you might have to say. You know, you can't just paddle around on the surface and play it safe forever. You gotta jump off a cliff You gotta hold your breath, you know, go underwater and struggle with whatever weird sea monsters you can't see that clearly that happen to be lurking under the surface. You know, is that analogy? Is that resonating with anyone? That's how you get stronger, you know, more capable, a little wiser. I was reading the Seinfeld interview with Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss uh, interviewed him. Great, great interview. And Seinfeld... He talks about how uh, if you could trade away all your experiences in life, if you could swap them out. Uh, the most valuable experiences, the ones he would hold on to for the longest, would be his failures. And he talks about being rejected from the comedy store in LA by Mitzi Shore, and how that made him, you know, double and quadruple his efforts. You know, the rejection only made his passion and work ethic burn. Stronger, more vibrantly, and he's thankful for that. You know, he thinks maybe that's exactly what was needed for him to be great, was to be spurned and rejected by someone important and consequential. He needed that slap in the face as a wake up. In that same interview, uh, he says, It's designed to break human beings, it being stand up comedy. You know, it's a perfect way. To break a person psychologically. So you're sitting there, you know, bombing at these open mics and you're thinking, are you Jerry Seinfeld or just another bum who's going to break psychologically? And I don't mean, are you Jerry Seinfeld in the sense, are you going to be the most famous stand-up comedian in the world? That's a stupid, ridiculous, terrible goal. Honestly, it's a very awful thing to pedestal to try to strive for it's almost entirely destined for failure like oh yeah one in 20 billion chance that happens you know what i mean don't bet on it i mean are you jerry seinfeld in that do you have this steely determination to redouble your efforts in spite of repeated failures and rejections trying to crush your spirit You know, can you persevere in a way that the work Is rewarding enough in and of itself, even if the outcomes are bitter and punishing. Now you might ask yourself, you know, at what point do you just abandon the effort? Why continue? punishing yourself like this. Like what's wow, what are we doing? The good news is you know, I'm not terrible at stand-up comedy anymore. You know, I'm not great. I'm not incredible. Uh, but I'm pretty I'm pretty darn good at it. I can say that without feeling like uh like I have a massive ego and I don't deserve to say it. You know, I'm getting good at writing jokes, I'm getting faster, I'm still just okay as a performer most of the time, but that's getting a lot better too. So it hasn't been a complete waste. You know, it hasn't been this total failure forever. It's some of the most rewarding work to me. You know, creative work, I I thrive on that. You know, for whatever reason, I don't know, uh, creating makes me the most excited. I really like making something that at least feels new. I'm a little bit of a comedy nerd. Uh, You know, I've always enjoyed watching and listening to stand up for a very long time. It's been very gratifying to learn discover that I can make art like that art that I love because as an audience member at a show you're seeing the more polished final product you know I've spent years now learning quite intimately exactly how the sausage gets made you know feeling how it feels to have to make that sausage and it's it's rough it's painful it's also beautiful and fun you know it's it's a lot of seemingly contradictory things Um, And there are perhaps more noble pursuits in life, but I don't think it's cut and dry like that. I don't think we have full control over what we aspire to do. So you kind of just have to do that thing that grabs you to some extent, because if you don't, That's not gonna make it go away. Well, that's it. You've reached the end of the episode. Welcome to the podcast outro. An outro is the opposite of an intro. Kind of like an innie versus an outie when it comes to belly buttons. Comedy Obsessed, a podcast featuring Mike Frank of AnotherLazyMillennial.com. If you haven't figured it out, this is a podcast about stand-up comedy. I'm a stand-up comic. I don't think stand-up is well understood by that many people. Comedy nerds like me, you know, we respect it as an art form. Lots of other people have a rather low opinion of it. I understand why. You know, there's lots of rough, bad, gross, disappointing comedy out there. I've made plenty of it. But I also don't think that that low opinion of the art of comedy is justifiable. I think stand-up is a beautiful, challenging, rewarding, complex art form that deserves as much respect as any other performing art. It's incredibly impressive when someone is able to write and perform stand-up that is wildly funny and even simultaneously insightful. I'm not saying that happens all the time, or even the majority of the time. But when it does happen, I think it's incredible. So this is a podcast where I discuss my own struggles with trying to do that incredible thing. I'm going to talk about my experience, what I've learned over the years writing and performing stand-up, things I've picked up on to try to do it better, nuances to the art form you can't fully appreciate until you've actually experienced them in some capacity, but I'm still, probably futilely, going to try to relate those lessons to others interested in stand-up, whether you've done it or not. I'm a bit of a nerd, I've got a background in philosophy from when I was in college, I also maintain a deep interest in psychology and neuroscience. I poke around in economics, history, and literature. There's a list of book recommendations on my website that you can check out if you're interested in any of those things. Weirdly enough, I find ways for these subjects to inform my understanding of stand-up. Hopefully you find the discussion of these ideas to be as satisfying to your own curiosity as I have to mine. I should also mention that I'm a dentist. That's my day job. I have a YouTube channel where I'm trying to teach people how to take care of their teeth and improve their oral health. Oral health, that's mouth health. I want to help you with your mouth health, because I think that our healthcare system is failing, and I don't think that trends within the industry are heading in a good direction. I don't think I can really reverse those trends with anything I do working as a dentist. And you might be thinking, how are YouTube videos supposed to help people improve their dental health? Preventative medicine. It's the most powerful weapon we've got to reverse the healthcare crisis in America. I truly believe that. I'm trying to make a positive contribution to that struggle. So you can find me on YouTube. My channel is Another Lazy Millennial. It's all one word when you search it. Google will ask you if you meant Another Lazy Millennial as three separate words, and you can defiantly state to Google, no, I meant it as one word because I want to find Mike Frank's YouTube channel Thank you very much that's what you should tell google Uh, there's dental stuff there there's stand-up stuff there i'm a weirdo but i've decided i'm finally committed to being me instead of hiding what i'm really like so congratulations this is me y'all my website is anotherlazymillennial.com if you give me your email address on that website i'll be sure to keep you up to date about future comedy tours and projects i hope to create you can find me on instagram at comedic exposure that's C O M E D I C E X P O S U R E, comedic exposure. I take photos of comics there. I'll be posting stand up clips there. I'll also likely be posting clips out of this podcast there. I'm on TikTok at Mike underscore the underscore dentist, as well as a separate TikTok account where I'll be posting stand up clips at Mike Frank Comedy. That's M I K E. F-R-A-N-K-E, comedy. All right, thanks for listening. Honestly, really appreciate it if you've listened, listened to this whole spiel. Please share with anyone who you think would like any of this stuff I'm doing. Ask me questions on YouTube and TikTok. I'll do my best to be responsive and helpful. So yeah, that's about it. Go ahead and get outside, go on a walk, get some exercise, get some sleep, hug somebody you care about, read a book, Do something challenging and worthwhile. Have a lovely day.